This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D bridge, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Philip Gilfus, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-host, sitting on my left... Lieutenant Commander Daniel Prue. Now, Daniel, you know a lot of a lot of people can't tell where you're from originally. Didn't didn't you have an accent when we first met? You know, Philip, I've got to say, at least you noticed something else about me personally, uh, besides the ridiculous outfit you make me wear. Uh, so I don't know what crazy exotic idea you had in your head about who I was, uh, but yeah, I did actually have an accent, and I lost it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I can get it. It's it's kind of a very uh, uh, high English uh, bridge here. Um, and I'm also joined by my scant-wearing co-host, Commander Darren Moser. Uh, Darren, I'm ordering you to start wearing slacks. I like a formal atmosphere here on the bridge. You know, funny story, you know, my, my co-host, Lieutenant Commander Daniel Prue, told me that scants were the official, you know, uniform of the Earl Grey podcast and I believed him. So, unfortunately, uh, but, you know, I, I think I'm only going to wear it really the first episode, maybe. Maybe just for the pilot. Maybe the first, you know, 26 episodes. Then I'm just going to change it up. Uh, now, that's true. I know this is this is an audio um, uh, deal we have with our listeners. But uh, if, you, if you go back to the first episode of Earl Grey, Dar- Darren's hair. Wow, man. <laughs> you guys could only see it then. Um, well, as listeners may or may not be able to figure out, we're going to be doing one of those very rare gems here on Earl Grey, a character profile episode. That's right. Um, we're going to focus just on one of our main or somewhat main cast, depending on, on your point of view. But we're going to be talking about Counselor Deanna Troy. Yay, finally, right? It only took us 70 years of movies. <laughs> anyway. Um, Yes. So, but no, no, Deanna Troy. So, you know, well, as usual, we always like to start off with sort of, you know, initial thoughts, impressions, um, whether it's the first, you know, this new alien Beta Z thing, empathic being, or the counselor position in and of itself or whatever. So, Darren, I'll kind of go with you. And doesn't I don't know what your first episode you ever watched was. What was kind of your first impressions of uh, Lieutenant Commander Troy? Well, that's true. I mean, because she has kind of three new aspects to her she's an alien this beta zeds which we've never seen before she's a blue shirt on this predominantly red and gold bridge so you know that's you know difficult to 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 stand out in and then also she's this new position of counselor uh you know to go to go off of so but you know no my first impression of her i mean i like the character i feel just unfortunately in the ensembleness of Star Trek, when you have so many main characters, often you're gonna have some that just 
kind of get the shaft of of not getting as many good episodes or as getting as much development. And I think, unfortunately, that kind of fell on Deanna Troy. And while she did get some great later episodes, just in the beginning, it's like maybe they should just make her a full-on telepath or something because the whole empathic thing, it was kind of like you have this cool parlor trick, but it does it actually help? Is it actually like if if you know if Data was computing every time she used her empathic ability and then ran it through like a probability spectrum, you know how what is the percentage that it actually is true and it actually helps Picard? I I don't know. It doesn't seem to be very often. Um, what about what about you, Daniel? I don't you know where, wherever you first started watching. What, what were your first impressions of the counselor? Well, I guess the best place to start is just the beginning. And, uh, you know, Darren, you mentioned Maker at full telepath. Well, we do see her talk to Riker in that first episode with her head. And uh, that never shows up again. Like, how? What? Like, even if we say that Imzadi is the special relationship that now you can communicate, that. You don't think that would have ever been useful in any other scenario that, that the Enterprise a, uh, crew found themselves disaster? in? Disaster? Maybe when, like, your Imzadi's trapped in another part of the ship and communication's down? Maybe that would be helpful? Yeah, there's there's plenty of times that that, that could have helped, so... Yeah. Let's see, instead of trying to translate Riker's blinking at us, how about we just send a thought? <laughs> or maybe when you're trapped on a Romulan, you know, warbird and Riker's on the bridge and you would love to tell him, you know, why you're on this ship. I can yeah. think of a reason or two or a dozen where this would come in handy. Yeah, maybe like well, maybe a, a heads up before you just show up on the on the view screen on the bridge there. Boy, he was mad. Well, well, he was, was to be fair that she where what is she doing on that ship? I don't want to be rude, but how'd she get on that bridge? <laughs> Who's the father, Dad? Who's the father? <laughs> you know, it's it is, this is funny the thing with with Troy. Like, I, I think this is the case with most Star Trek fans. Of course, you can't speak for everybody, but I think a lot of people like you know Marina Sirtis. She's she's a character, that's for sure. And I think a lot of people have affection for the character of Troy. Uh, like, I like her fine. I don't think she's a like a, she's an she could be she does interesting things sometimes just like we we just don't get as much with her as we do with everyone else like Darren said and so I think that even though she's she's looked at positively it's kind of with regret that that she could have been you know so much more than than we got right and so i'm going to do something a little unusual um talking about a character we're just going to throw everything bad up front so that way we can just get it out there and then talk about all the great things with the rest of it so we're just going to pile up here just the things that just didn't work for us with troy or things that weren't so great or or whatever so we're just going to get it all out of our system so um i don't know i feel like i'll just breach perhaps the semi-obvious one and that's uh darren you mentioned that she was a blue shirt for one episode, and then for several seasons, she was a blue skirt, and then she was a uh, purple trim. jumpsuit, purple jumpsuit, and then there was the kind of aqua green flowing dress, and the, and and but they all seem to have the same cut for some reason. I don't, I, you know, couldn't explain. Uh, but you know, but she, so, I mean, this was supposed to be. Well, I say supposed to be. I'm not saying she was. She she was the sexy character there on the bridge, right? Um, 
you know, Tasha was always in a uniform. And, and Exactly. Um, and, you know, uh, even Roe and all the um, nameless female con officers were all in uniforms. But this was this was the, quote-unquote, exotic, sexy character. And, and you know, before before there was this... I feel like I should have, like, the Star Trek announcer voice, you know, before there was Seven, before T'Pol, there was Troy. Of course, I don't know, you could always go, go back to TOS with, with Rand and the miniskirts and all that. But, I mean, like, Darren, just, you know, look, the, 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 the dressing her different, the making her the cheerleader in space or the whatever, you know, what, what, what was that all about? Yeah, I mean, there's that, there's uh, the inconsistent accent... Uh, which that's just you know a, when you have seven seasons of something you're gonna have things change but it like v- pretty abruptly vanished I think after a season or two. Um, yeah, and the uniform, yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about the fact that like, well, when Ro shows up, well, of course she's in a uniform. She's not in this like red dress because you know why would that make any sense? Yeah, it's if if you're gonna create this new position of counselor I think it would give so much more weight if she was in a uniform like everyone else instead of well but the you know it's she, she like because of her betazoid heritage she checked the affirmative action box and she doesn't have to wear the same as there something like that that's what I feel it's what it feels like happens and it's well, she should have been wearing half a uniform then, right? At least. Like a midriff or something? I don't know. <laughs> this isn't um, the mirror universe, but... okay? We don't get the mirror universe. <laughs> That's mirror universe uh, Troy. She's in a full uniform. That's how you know. it's And she and she escaped to our universe in season set five. She's a fantastic pilot. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Daniel, because I'm thinking about, like, okay, if you want to use the excuse that she... Like, again, encounter at Firepoint, she's in a uniform. In case anyone does not remember that, she was in a uniform. It was a scant, but it was a uniform, an encounter. And apparently they're like, no, that's not working. Let's put her in a jumpsuit. Um, but, like, I, like again, if, if you're the counselor, I'm like, is that supposed to make people more at ease that they're looking at your cleavage? I mean, I don't, I don't see how that works as a counseling well, technique. And, and it didn't it's work also, for Reg. I mean, at least in TOS, all the women had the same uniform. I mean, if she had let's say she let's say she had kept the pilot uniform, well, right behind her is Yar, who is not in like a you know quote unquote female version of the uniform. She's in a regular uniform. It's like what what's going on? Yeah. Now, when you say that she's wearing a pilot uniform, Darren, I know what you're meaning, but uh, anyway, that's, that's I did not say pilot repercussions. Which I did not. Say <laughs> Oh goodness! Well, what about what about you, Dan? What were some sort of the things that maybe you know that you know again? We'll let it all up here up front. Some things that maybe annoyed you about either not you know Marina or or, or Troy herself, and maybe the way she was written, or just the things they had her doing or not doing. What's your personal beef with the actress? Okay, we need to know. <laughs> That's right. She's Twitter handle is slightly insane. I don't. Uh, no. Um. You know, talking about a counselor on the bridge doesn't really make sense to me especially because that's not the way she was used most of the time um like counselor would be an interesting kind of i think reoccurring character that they could have had on the show but really what she was used for honestly well what she was used for as it was written was stating the obvious you know there's a angry romulan on the screen you know spitting about how he's going to shoot photon torpedoes and cuts off the view screen and she goes i think he's angry yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, thanks. I have one job to do. It's dumb, <laughs> I was gonna say but that. I'm going to do it, okay? 
<laughs> it's just oh, like goodness. you know so like and and then like she's there occasionally to to give some sort of information that we couldn't get otherwise so picard essentially uses her for for espionage it's really what she's there for right she's there to tell the captain if the people on the other end of the phone call are lying or not and that's the only reason that that's the only reason why she's on the bridge and it's never used enough and it's never really explored it's just a plot device and that's why she just kind of flounders a lot of the time and just doesn't just just spits out really obvious nonsense she if she had gotten promoted to captain she would have been captain obvious well you know it's it's interesting how when you have even an empath when you have an empath you know, on your bridge staff there. And, and like you said, you know, the alien or the forehead of the week's on the view screen. And, you know, Picard gives the universal cut the line gesture. Oh, um, you gave us maybe the someone... we're dead sign. And I agree <laughs> with you. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think of theme to this episode. Um, and, you know, Troy will be like, no, he's lying. But it, well, usually what happens actually is that Dana's like, oh, I'm sorry. This is the one race that we can't read it's the ferengi it's they're an android there it's something you know anyway well i i really i agree with what you said though daniel because do this thought experiment okay take the character of deanna troy who is a counselor but she's not a beta that she's just human why that why would she sit right next to the captain and need to be there in these bridge level decisions she wouldn't it's she like wouldn't. She would be like the head of HR, like Chakotay, you know. Uh, and he, where... he didn't need to be on those discussions either, so. Yeah, so, you know, when you need to figure <laughs> stuff out or when uh, she... Commander Dunsel. Well, no, but she would be the one in, uh, you know, like the Barkley episode who tells Jordy he's got to deal with it. Like, that would make sense. Like, she, you know, I get, you know, on a ship of a thousand, like, maintaining the morale of the crew and, and all of that, but... Yeah, but it's like, you know, the only other counselor we see is, what, Esri Dax? And, she, you know... Assistant Assistant counselor. to the counselor, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's like, I don't see her being on, in ops being like, well, I'll use my... You know, all counselors are inherently empathic or something. I don't know. It just, yeah. It, wait, wait, wait. I think the assistant counselors man the uh, weapons console, <laughs> okay. if I remember my seventh season DS9 correctly. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, it's but no, that's a good point, Daniel. Well, and I thought it was interesting. I'm trying to remember what the episode. Is. I think it was Drumhead, where um, I don't know if it's a full Beta Z or a half Beta Z or something, where the the evil Judge Sati or excuse me, Admiral um, is is you know says something and like oh well, my Beta Z said the guy's lying and Picard's like well you can't go off the word of a Beta Z and she's like well what do you do and he's like your face you know and <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I think there was also the um the price where the negotiator, you know, he's talking to yeah, Diana, he goes swarmy, you know, Well, don't you isn't this what you're doing like stacking the deck by telling your, you know, captain if the Romulan's going to shoot or not. She's like, "That's totally different." <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was your face. <laughs> I believe it. But um yeah, yeah, and you know, the one thing that we always, of course, talk about here on Earl Grey, and it's not unique to us, it's what everyone talks about, is that, you know, the writers didn't really seem to know what to do with Troy. I mean, I, I don't want to blanket save, and there were some, I think, I mean, you can, there were good Troy moments in, you know, um, the first four or five seasons. I mean, there weren't a lot, but they were there. But I mean, you know, it, 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 
seem to take literally um, you know, Captain yeah. Jellico putting that uniform on her before they're like, wait a minute, guys. Wait in the writer's room, like, wait a minute, guys. I think Troy's an officer. I feel like we should write for her now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh. you know, when the writers start respecting the character, then the audience is going to. It's just, you know, they didn't care at that point. They They were so single-minded in their use of her, and it was clear to everyone what what their purpose was you know like when when a lot of people had concerns when seven of nine was coming on to to voyager but it turns out i mean you can have a sexy character lady character in a skin tight suit and still write really good material for her and she can become a crazy awesome character and and but they they like forgot that she was a character and just thought she was maybe like a prop i guess i don't know maybe she they thought she was attached to that chair well, then they just kept using her empathic ability as this like cop out of like, well, how are we going to, you know, communicate this? You know, oh, well, just Troy picks up some vibe or something or it's like one moon circles another, you know, oh, it must be hydrogen, blah, blah. It's like, <laughs> no, this is, you know, this is dumb. I mean, how many Troy stories can you think of that don't center around, you know, her as just being a vehicle for something else like with her powers. Like I can't really think of anything off the top. Oh, I can think of that one episode where she makes that guy eat chocolate. Oh, <laughs> oh, I, I do. Uh, that's um, you know, where the three yes, ambassadors are. Yes. Here. Yeah. 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 It's the weird. That's well, weird I mean, it's one, not yeah. bad, but the weird Picard love story. Yeah, that is just... weird. <laughs> and the one that they made in Voyager, except it was Tuvok. It was ex- yeah. so exactly the same episode. <laughs> Who did it better, Come on, TTJ? TTJ. We need to <laughs> Who do a did comparison. it better? That's right. Um, okay, well, that, that was sort of just to get everything out there. Um, so let's talk about great joy and gratitude. What made Troy good? Not that line, but um, what what made Troy interesting? And so, I mean, I don't know. I know what we just talked about, but I just want to go deeper into it. Like the whole fact that you have a counselor, and I mean, again, people may want to say like oh well you know early 80s this was the pc touchy-feely the rise of you know the psychotherapist at least here in america and so this whole counselor thing okay and you know it's kind of and and it's kind of odd well not odd but it did seem like star trek never used that again (laughs) i mean other than esri in like seventh season of ds9 um but like you know i mean voyager kind of makes an excuse of why and I know there's even episodes where the doctor's like, man, I really wish I had a counselor to deal with all these problems. Um, but 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 I think the counselor position is cool. And she did have some good counseling moments. I mean, I, I did enjoy her, you know, um, talking to Picard, obviously, with the best of both worlds and, and family. And, um, and, 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 you know, sort of alien guest of the week. Sometimes she, she would have like a, su- not suddenly, hero worship maybe yeah, a little bit. I just watched hero worship the other day. And she actually, I mean, that whole episode, she's in full on counselor mode. I mean, she's and 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 it's and she she's doing really well because she's like, you know, oh, no, he's building this persona and we need to nurture it. And then it's gradually going to like she 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 isn't even looking at her notes. She's just telling data like this is what's going to happen. This is what, you know, we should do. And it and it works and everything works out fine in the end. And, and I think as a great episode showing her actually being a counselor and what she can do with that. Uh, but. Yeah, and you know, because it's not like 
you know, well, I don't know what we should do, Captain, or, you know, whatever. And, and I'm just imagining, what if she wasn't here? And Picard is just the only one making the shots. And he's like, stop crying right now, or something. <laughs> yeah, because even in, um, oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the name of it, because it's one of my, you guys know, it's one of my favorite episodes, the uh, Jeremy Astor episode. The wounded, uh, uh, the bonding. W- no, the bonding, thank you. Um, yeah, because that's where she also is performing that function of, of, like, to me, I mean, and at least I'm coming from an, um, army military background so but this whole like to me in a non-religious sense she reminds me of the role of a chaplain mm. um in the army there's a chaplain who's the well there you go who's who's there to assist the commander um you know i use that in the broad sense so the unit commander but in this case it would be the captain in in these kind of stuff you know when there's a death when there's dealing with whether it's you know dealing with a parent or a child or you know this is the role of the chaplain in the army, but like in 24th century, like that's the role of the counselor because there's there doesn't appear to be any chaplains, obviously, I guess in Starfleet. So, but like all those things that deal with that human element, that that obviously is why it's good to have a counselor. And again, we don't see it a lot, but when we do see it, at least when we do see it done well, I think Troy does rise to the occasion. Imaginary friend too, right? She does the same kind of thing in that at that episode. Uh, but you know, yeah, counselor makes a lot of sense as a position. Um, because as we learn in Star Trek, you're gonna you're gonna go in space. You're gonna see some crazy stuff, like <laughs> especially if you're on a ship called the Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> so and especially if you have a crewman named Barkley. <laughs> so you know you you would need that person. I just you know they wouldn't be on the bridge all the time. Well, she gets an office. Yeah. Well, and to me, I... true, and and her own uh, chocolate replicator. Um, <laughs> but like I th- I think the thing that throws off. Um, some maybe more casual fans is like, is I mean I know it isn't, but I'll just throw this out there. It's like, is counselor a rank? Because like you know she's not wearing any pips for five seasons, um, so it's like you know is she even in Starfleet? You know, you know. When, and again, in disaster, it takes what uh, O'Brien, O'Brien to remind her, hey, uh, don't forget you actually have rank. Uh, she's actually the head. <laughs> You know, person on the bridge, and she's like, "Oh, that's right! I totally forgot." Well, we all... i assume that rank is honorary. Oh, I know where her pips went, O'Brien. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I mean, you know, it's one of those. It, it in a very, very, very long dotted line. It kind of reminds me of um, uh, Hoshi uh, in Enterprise, where it's like, "Is did she go to Starfleet Academy? Like, you go to like Troy the same way, like." <laughs> I, you know, like she just she was a counselor or, you know, had her, you know, master's or her Ph.D. already. And she's just like, yeah, I'll join Starfleet. OK, here's your free lieutenant commander rank. You know, you know, it's not that long of a dotted line, Philip. Uh, Deanna Troy and Hoshi interacted with each other. So it's OK. Oh, gosh. <laughs> At least Data had to go through the whole academy. OK, it, we know his was an honorary. Um, any, any, anything, I mean, like, and I guess I'll just talk about, again, I know we're repeating ourselves, but the whole beta Z thing, just to explore it fully, you know, it's, it's always interesting to introduce a new alien, but I think the, and I don't know, Daniel, I know sometimes you make this comment about, you know, aliens that look incredibly like humans. Um, like, would it, do you think it would have been different if they had actually made her look more alien and, you know, had to put up some more makeup other than just, you know, heavy contacts, regular makeup? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. I, I guess I've never really thought about that before, but I don't. I don't think so. Um, yeah, it's just it's, it does. It is irritating when like you know 
her mother, who is a full-blooded alien, looks exactly like a human. And I just don't get that at all. It's like, well, we're not going to even try, I guess. Yeah, and, I'm, she, and not that there has to be, you know, conflict in every, you know, mixed-race alien. You know, we got it with Spock, um, and we got it with uh, Balana, But, like, you know, it doesn't necessarily always have to be there. But, like... I don't know, Troy never, I don't know, she never seemed to be conflicted about being, you know, am I a beta Z or am I a human, blah, 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 you know. Because they well, the same. <laughs> there yeah. was the one, at the loss, when Riker kind of gave her a lecture about that. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, can we, because I don't know whether this would go in the really bad or really good portion. So, like, yeah, and I know I've talked about this before in, in prior episodes, but this gives me an excuse. Um, okay, so the loss... And I don't know who here is I'm, – I'm talking to you too, not just the listeners. I don't know because the listeners can't talk back right now. Uh, I don't know who has seen The Lost recently because I haven't, not recently. I remember that being as like, eh, you know, eh, okay, of an episode. I don't know, whatever. Um, but, like, to me, Troy and Riker reveal their true face. I know I've said it again. But, like, it's that part where, like, I forget if Troy's just, like, complaining or, or yelling at He's starting Riker to fall or something. Apart. Yeah. Yeah, and then Riker just gives her that like in like you would think the normal human response would be to comfort her or hug her, but no, we'll just start to get that he gets that evil grin on his face and like, "Oh, here's the real Deanna. The real, uh, you know, you've always thought you were a little bit better than us, didn't you?" I'm like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is the, how you two really are, isn't it?" I but, I actually love that scene and hate that episode. I find Troy almost completely insufferable throughout the entire thing. And uh I think, you know, Riker was that was tough love, man. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you gotta just, you got. She was, she was being out of line in every way, shape, and form. Like, she was, she had melted down, and the only way that she was, she was gonna, to get back up was somebody had to just be honest with her. And who else is gonna do that on that ship but Riker? Well, because as I mean, as a Beta Z, she'd like never embraced her culture. At least she didn't. I mean, you wouldn't even know she was a Beta Z unless she really, unless her mother. I mean, every every aspect of Beta Z culture is explored through her mother. She's. I mean, she never has a line like, "Oh, well, on Beta Z we do things this way," or "Oh, you know, when growing up on you know, or anything like nothing." She ne- she never rings the gong when she's eating chocolate. <laughs> she never talks about you know recess in fifth grade was you know nude. <laughs> I think this well, I mean, is just a wedding. I think you're drawing this conclusion. <laughs> I'm not sure where from, but well, because you know what, it's really difficult to write. Uh, first of all, it's really difficult to write uh, characters that are completely telepathic like that all the time. But like a society that's completely telepathic would be really interesting to be explored. But we never really do more than you know dip our toes in the in the water, but in the mud, yeah. <laughs> like a mud bath. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> but that's true. I mean, I remember I think I've mentioned this before in this podcast uh a bo- uh, like a YT book I read uh, a long time ago called uh, Animorphs and yes. they they had this like psychic link or something where they all could read each other's minds. And in the very beginning it was really weird cuz humans like we are totally not accustomed to now all of a sudden every thought we have is now shared in this like mini collective and, but they all move past it really fast where they, you know, you just, okay, you have a really awkward week of everyone is knows everyone else's, you know, dirty laundry. And then you just kind of move on. And, 
And yeah, it's like, what would a whole planet of people like that be like that just, you know, or is it just because we are telepathic doesn't mean we're constantly reading each other's minds, but maybe it is. I don't know. You know, it's like when you pull up to the drive through, you know, to get your, you know, your order, do you tell them or do you telepathically tell the cook? These are the things I need to know. These are important things, guys. Don't laugh. Well, you know, there's that one, that one episode I remember where like, uh, uh, my goodness, what is her you name? You remember Mom? it so well, Dan. I know. <laughs> what, remember her? me. No. no, no, the name of the mother. Loxana. Loxana is talking to Deanna. Through Little the, one. Through their minds. And, like, she's, Troy's getting mad. She's like, no, on this ship we talk like they do. But, so it sounds like it's just, that's just the way it is. And, you know, the way that uh, Loxana was over the top and had no filter and just kind of said what she wanted, I think that's at least a little bit about what the kind of people a planet like that would produce because you you don't have a filter. If people can just read what you're... If they can call you on your BS right away, there's no point to even try. That's why she left. Um, Well, you know, and, and so we have, you know, post whatever... Uh, chain of command and and you know i we we already did our commentary for um the tng version of second skin um whatever uh face of the oh enemy. yeah um yeah so i mean like you know i the, the reason we're not talking about this is because we already talked about well, well we should mention it i suppose that obviously that's a great episode is, of yeah. troy kicking butt and taking names and killing romulan being tal shiar exactly um so yeah i mean she, she definitely did seem to discover herself or the writers discovered her and so she definitely proved to be kicked but as soon as she after she got promoted to commander, you know that was that why they conscripted her for that secret secret mission. They knew she had been promoted. <laughs> oh well, you're a commander now, so we'll let's take you, kidnap you for this super secret Talshiar mission. That's right. Yes, we actually show our some of our characters getting promoted. So anyway, um, you know, and we've mentioned it, but let's kind of go kind of in depth here in sort of the relationships with with Deanna. You know, who she was sort of most seen with and of course even though i don't want to we i guess we have to uh, under contract have to talk will Riker. i didn't sign up for a long time okay it's a it's a telepathic agreement only uh, between me and chris in our minds that's right um i mean we've talked about it a lot and i'm sure we'll talk about it in the future so we can do it very quickly but you know the way this character is in many ways introduced and in encounter is oh yes she has this you know former relationship former slash current, current slash future future yeah slash parallel anyway um relationship with will obviously and so i don't know we've talked about it before but anything else you, you either want to add on, on at least from troy's perspective on this relationship great yeah well you know i think we saw in second chances which is obviously a Riker episode but it does reveal troy's backstory because i mean the whole thing is supposed to be set up that what you know Troy and Riker had this relationship, and the Riker was like, "Yeah, I got a cool job, bye." And that Troy was basically heartbroken after that, like, "Oh, you didn't even say goodbye." And in second chances, she talks about this user sort of, you know, pining over him for months or years or whatever it was. So, and then you know, when she saw him again, she's like, "I'm over you, I guess." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. Yeah, second chances is a great a great way of doing like a sci-fi backstory. Because you don't have to do a flashback. You just bring the past version forward in true sci-fi fashion. And give it a beard. And give it a beard. 
uh, and eventual removable uh, removable sideburns. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it it makes yeah, it's. I think I don't yeah, think I'd really noticed it until you started pointing it out when we were having our episodes, Philip, of just how abusive and bad their relationship is. It's it's really bad. But uh, you know, it twenty fourth century whatever. I think we've we've talked about this topic so so yeah. so much. But um yeah. and, and hopefully and in the and books and the ten books, there. you know, maybe maybe they just turn around. <laughs> maybe once they have a kid. Maybe they just needed a kid. Like, yeah, like children more, more than two days. I'm talking like, you know, a full lifespan here. That Ian had a full lifespan, Darren. He was a, <laughs> he played with puppies. There was, I wasn't there talking was about the puppy. But I mean, you know, again, we're not telling anything people don't know. But yeah, okay, so eventually they get married and and off on the Titan. And then I don't like I, like what do we imagine? Can, Troy does like next like so she's still counselor right uh, it's kind of a you're, you're sort of stuck there once you're at the top right there's no like the head of counselor Starfleet counselor you know <laughs> counselor like medical. Beverly does <laughs> yeah she's counselor in chief counselor in yeah chief. which that's gotta be weird to be the counselors like the captain's wife so like like you know you're going for your session and be like man the captain has been writing I mean he's a great guy yeah, he's, he's I mean, in fact Troy. I don't have anything to... <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't. I don't have anything bad to say. I. I feel like I'm cured. Okay. Um, I've wanted, we talked about it I've before. I wanted to read some of the Titan books. I just haven't gotten around to. You. Have either of you read any of those? Well, there you go. Yeah, they lived happily ever yeah. after and sailed off into the star like Star Trek Six. <laughs> and she wrote her signature. And so Riker <laughs> writes. Will reg scratch 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 T R O I? Well, no, you know, retroactively, uh, the T in his name now stands for Troy, so he's William Troy <laughs> oh Riker. Gosh. Yeah, he wanted to change it because the word Thomas now it just has bad mad memories. <laughs> bad kind of. I mean, I've never thought about that before, but like, <laughs> you just messed up my middle name. Thanks, Thomas. I always hated that name. Mom anyway. always loved you best. Your mom doesn't even know you exist. <laughs> She's dead. Um, but anyway, been, so it, on a total tangent, that would have been an even better episode. Is if instead of Thomas popping up on DS Nine, he shows up with uh, uh, Kyle Riker. Yeah, Kyle Riker, and he doesn't know. And he just totally punks him. That would have been fun. I think we definitely need more Star Trek punked episodes. Um. <laughs> But okay, so we mentioned Loxana, and, and like it's it's interesting because you know we had no. Here's a weird thing, um, not weird, different because aliens are different, not weird. The, good the good Troy save, Philip. I I told I think they fell for it, Darren. <laughs> um, that Troy had an arranged marriage. Just throwing that out there. Well, so did Spock. That, that well, so did T'Pol. So yeah. that's true. That's true. And yet that's none true. of them have ended up with their arranged people. So. In the 24th century, I don't think it. it really works like it's supposed to. Also, it, it was contract. it was season one, so. Because I was trying to think of, you know, you'd mentioned earlier, Darren, about other Beta Zeds. I was trying to think of that other couple, but, like, they were human. They weren't Beta Zed, actually, now that I thought about it. Um, so, the only other Beta Zed we see is that, you know, well, there's, like, Tim, crazy. You know, Tin Man, yeah. Psycho, Senior Psycho Man. We also get yeah, uh, Suter. The mayor of Sunnydale. Who's pretty cool. Who is that? Suter from Voyager. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, because yeah. he never had issues. <laughs> you know what? Did, if, just remembering real quick, he, why could he not read people's minds? Could he do it? I don't remember him ever actually reading anybody's mind. That's how he could sense people looking at him the wrong way, even when he when he's looking the other way. Oh, I don't know. Oh, they just kept him down funny. on deck. Whatever they kept changing the number, you know. <laughs> well, forty-two. It's a football score. But like the the Loxana Deanna relationship, I don't. In some ways, like I get what they were doing. It was almost sort of like sitcommy. Like, oh, here comes mom. Roll eyes, <laughs> and she's got a thing but for I the almost... captain. And it's really awkward <laughs> for my boss, you know. <laughs> but like, in some ways, like I almost feel like there's a story there. Like, and I don't know if it's Loxana's fault. The more that I think about it. Like, someone who, like, cause there's times Loxana just comes aboard and Deanna's like, gosh, Mom, why are you here? I'm like, she hasn't even said anything, Deanna. God. <laughs> Everything she's said to you has been inside your head. Calm down. <laughs> but, it, I mean, to me, and, and if I want to read into it, and I'm gonna, like, there does seem to be a rejection that we've just kind of invented in this episode of her rejecting Beta Z culture. Because, like you said, I mean, a lot of things Loxana does are traditional, and, and Deanna points out there may be old traditions. But I mean, this like is the twenty fourth century, thing. Mom. Jeez, we're gonna get married yeah. with uh, in a white wedding dress. Don't you dare! No daughter of the sacred house of Reeks is gonna get married in a wedding dress. If I have anything to say about it, Which, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think she rejects. I think it's kind of going a little too far to say she rejects, um, Betazoid culture because she was she was about to get married to that dude in that episode like she was gonna go through with it she didn't she didn't say no i forget what why doesn't she i forget what happens because he was drawing a blonde lady and not a brunette (laughs) a very 80s looking blonde lady i'm just gonna throw that out there with the Uh, that makes about as much sense as an early troy episode so i guess that's that's (laughs) yeah yes and early troy um well, and I just think she, you know, she's acclimated to her environment. And, well, first of all, she's half human, so that's probably pretty easy. And she went to Starfleet, and she's on a ship now. It's just really? like, you know, you just you just go with... She just wants you know. to be on her own merits. And then her yeah. mom shows up, and it's like, it's like anyone with their mom at work. It's like, it's never... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, there, you know, there's no bring your mom to work day. That'd be weird. <laughs> None of our moms listen to this, do they? Anyway, um, happy Mother's I... Day. Anyway, um... Today is my mother's birthday, actually, believe it or not. Really? It is. Coincidental. And you took 39 minutes and five seconds into the episode to tell us that? <laughs> I mean, that's worse than Darren taking two tries at me t- making him say his I knew you were going to go there. So... I knew. I knew. <laughs> well, happy birthday, Daniel's mom. Um, she has a but, name, yeah. Daniel. I know that she she birthed me, so I, I'm very very aware of her name. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't yeah I don't know. So I mean, what what you just think that's a normal thing with Alexana? To me, that's almost like I don't know. And at the risk of of being rude, I suppose it, it kind of reminds me of sort of like the Jewish uh, like son stereotype with the mom. Like, why aren't you married? Like, like yeah, Mrs. Wallowitz you know, like, in the background. Yeah. Like, we never see her. Yeah. We just hear her telepathically through her mind. Yeah, and it's not like, her mom is not, like, pushing her ever for anything, like, betazoidian. She just wants her to get married and have kids. Like, that's, Be happy. I mean, when, 
When she's in mourning and telling everyone that her daughter's dead. <laughs> yeah, that was sad. That was a that was a sad episode. Yeah. Um no. Well, no, no, the one where, not the one where her other daughter was dead. I'm talking about the one where she was in fake mourning for her daughter. But anyway. Um, yeah, be a little more specific uh, than that, Philip. I, I know. There's so many dead daughters, unfortunately. Um, so another character, obviously, is kind of Deanna and uh, Jean-Luc. You know, because presumably, well, I say presumably, but the captain-counsel relationship. I don't know if not every ship's like that, but, you know, he does lean on her. A lot. And she's the, he's the only one she really reports to. Like, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it, but they definitely have a good working relationship and he definitely trusts her. I mean, look at that speech he gives in Nemesis. Like, that's a pretty nice speech. Yeah. And, and also the scene in the ready room in, uh, in Generations. Generations, which is actually one of the better scenes in that movie, except for this, who has physical pictures in the 24th century. But um, no, that's a great scene, and it shows you know their relationship. Then of course she ruins the whole mood and goes and crashes the ship. But hey, hey, because she crashed the ship, Picard knew he could trust her to crash this <laughs> ship when it counted. Deanna, I know you're really good at this. Full <laughs> impulse on my command. L O L happy face. <laughs> oh, that that part didn't get sent. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, because I mean, I I was listening recently to some folks talking about how, you know, kind of criticizing Picard for being so standoffish, um, which whatever. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna say he's not, but I think Troy does definitely bridges that gap. Then, like, she almost has – it's like her and Riker are the only ones who have permission to just waltz into the ready room whenever they want and be like, what's wrong? Well, I think and... I think Wesley can do that, too. <laughs> the boy? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, that's true. She does have, you know, that kind of access to the captain, and, you know, he trusts her. I mean, pretty much, you know, if he ever has a problem, it's either Troy or Guinan he goes to. Uh, you know, your counselor, you, so you're, it's either your shrink or your bartender. Those are who you go to <laughs> if you have problems. Ales <laughs> for everyone. Uh-huh. <laughs> Too bad Gina wasn't in that episode because her reaction to that would have been hilarious. She gives all cat hands up like, you're not Picard. She would have pulled out that giant gun and shot the ceiling again. <laughs> I just shot him point blank. Yeah, and like, you killed Captain. <laughs> He wasn't the real one. Um, I mean, I'm 60% sure he wasn't the real one. Um, <laughs> I've known him for a long time, okay? Even though we haven't met yet, right. technically. Time travel is really weird. Well, speaking of time travel being really weird in episodes we don't like, <laughs> let's talk about Worf. Um, so that happened. Uh, Worf, yeah. Worf and Troy. No, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. Very. I'm not, I'm not not saying I enjoy them dating, but like to, I do think that they definitely had a relationship. I mean, friendly relationship that developed because of you know her being sort of the surrogate mom to Daniel's favorite character. So I don't even have to say the name; people know. Um, and that Worf and Deanna kind of bonding over that. Now, did it make sense for that to go into making out in front of the captain in a robe? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But like you know, I at least they their their relationship was definitely more than just like we work on the bridge together. You know, I I like you know. I, I do. I like that he asks her to be his whatever 
you know. It's, I, know I was trying to think of it. Or so chi. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is before, you know. And this is this is long before the other episode that just where that came out of nowhere with the relationship. So you're right. There was actually a friendship there, you know, long before. And then of course, you know, we get uh, uh, fistful of datas as well. So they they oh, did oh, yeah. they they did have a friendship and that and it yeah. was a good friendship. So. Uh, they just, you know, took took it in a crazy direction when there was only two episodes left. It just doesn't make any sense. They Chakotayed in seven before <laughs> Chakotayed seven was oh, even gosh. cool. <laughs> it was never cool. But yeah, that's true. I mean, who else would Worf really be friends with? I mean, Jordy and Data are best friends, you know, and I don't really see him, like, hanging out on the holodeck. Well, he does hang out on the holodeck with Riker a little bit, but then Riker's just like, your programs are weird. I don't think I want to be friends with you anymore. My mom says I got to go home. <laughs> Dr. Crusher says I have too many bloody noses. So that scene in All Good Things where Picard just comes stumbling out of the turbo lift and he's all like, what time is it? What's the start date? And, you know, I just now picture Council Troy being like, well, it's five o'clock somewhere, Captain, you know, 10 forward this way. <laughs> Oh gosh! Well, she does. She does enjoy her uh, her liquid courage, as we see in First Contact, right? So, yeah, you know, we, obviously, a lot of the criticism is in the movies about you know it's the Picard and Data show, um, Picard and but Data like, show, and Friends. Um, you know, I'm thinking like in Generations, she like you said does do her counseling thing and and crash the ship. So you know, check two boxes there. Um, first contact what, in Star Trek Bingo. <laughs> exactly. I got a streak. <laughs> Show that one. Troy. That one shot of the exploding uh, Klingon ship. Oh gosh, yes. That that one's in the middle, I think. <laughs> Free space. Um, and so you know, in first contact, I always like how you know we get the every Starfleet officer has just all the knowledge in the world, like, of course she's the flight controller for the Phoenix, because reasons. Right. You know, I don't know. She's good at counting down before things. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, goodness. And then in uh, Insurrection, you know, she's in that scene. No, I mean, you know, hey, it's it's the Riker, it's the Triker, you know. I want to know. I mean, I roll eyes, but it made sense. How did the Phoenix land? How did they get off the Phoenix? Because it's it's a it's a missile. Usually, it, if I you know, they might have had my a... Harry Potter correctly. The Harry the Phoenix usually burns up and then <laughs> reborn. Um, yes, they might have had uh, you know it might have detached the the front capsule there. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> no, I think Cochrane. He's like, all right, I got warp one. How are we getting down? <laughs> oh, I should have been so drunk when I designed this thing. <laughs> Arg. Um, you know, and then in Insurrection, she has the Triker stuff, which is good. I'm, I'm not making fun of it. It made sense. And then in Nemesis, we get this ridiculous, stupid, crazy, not the marriage part, though that. Um, but I'm talking about the her and um, what's-his-face. Oh, you know, on and the Viceroy. Creeping all over her. Yeah, she had not sweet. been violated enough in the show. Yeah, seriously. So yeah. if only we had a well, we needed a reason for you know Riker to be mad. I mean, if Riker's mad yeah. when she's on another ship, he's gonna be mad when like Picard has been cloned. He's just mad at all the bad guys. Riker's got your back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and, and in no way making light of it. I mean, but like Troy again, I'm zero making light of this. Troy gets raped several times in Star Trek: Next Generation. Like, again, I'm not making fun. Of, like, okay, Nemesis, yeah. 
that basically there. Um, the child violations. violations. <laughs> I mean, like the name I'm of the not, episode I, is violations. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's not, it's not funny. Like, but like that's what they keep doing to Troy. It's like not cool, writers. It's yeah. not cool. <laughs> Um, well, geez. but I mean, without that, then we couldn't have Riker falling 30 stories on the bottom of the ship. I mean, what would we do? Uh, that's the Enterprise E sweet spot, Darren. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where they just go to hang out. I thought Data was hanging out in that movie. Oh. Too soon. Sorry. Too soon. Um, but anyway, yeah, we've, we've, we've definitely been talking about Deanna here for a while, so let's kind of go to closing thoughts. Um Daniel, I'll start with you. Just sort of closing thoughts about about uh, Mrs. Troy. Yep. She was a character on the show. <laughs> she was always there. Uh, no. She, <clears throat> she wasn't always there. Well, you know. She did go on a conference or two, um, and she did meet up with this person who was uh, an expert on uh, exo reproduction and it's like, Did you, you know, help just, him I'm, with the, his research? <laughs> it's, it's, you know, you just think of things sometimes, right? Like the episode, the cool episode where uh, the um, Romulans are ever, and the Enterprise is frozen in battle. Timescape. Timescape. She was useful in that episode. Like, that was a cool episode that she was featured in. And, like, so there are times where, like, they, they don't have any excuse to treat her the way they did 80% of the time. Is my is my point? Like, yeah. they had the capability to write good material for her, and I don't know, like, you know, who, you know, the the their early or the whole TNG writing staff run. I don't know, like, who was in charge that couldn't see that or or deliberately kept it that way. But it's really frustrating because she could have been a one of the great characters of the show potentially. You know, she had that potential, and and, and I know. I was just saying, I know it's not your favorite episode, but I think she did pull off some stuff in Descent, um, part one and two. I mean, she was definitely there in the mix. So, All right, so Darren, what are your kind of final thoughts on uh, Counselor Troy? Well, I think uh, it would have been great if they had maybe added, added like another aspect to the Counselor portion. Maybe she can juggle. No, not, not <laughs> juggling. Um, I'm sure that's what Worf teaches her. It's like, this is how you juggle you seen this chair <laughs> um anyway <laughs> i think it would have been great if they had added some other you know skills and knowledge like maybe in diplomacy or like made her kind of like a diplomatic aide so you know she's already working so well with picard and you know there's like they you, you mean future imperfect where she's jean-luc's diplomatic aide yes exactly <laughs> yeah and then <laughs> uh you know well there's also in like uh insurrection you know, where she does to the end of the library and, you know, is working with, uh, you know, Riker. And, uh, you know, so I I would have liked to see more of that, you know, more of that, uh, you know, kind of behind the scenes of the daily life where, you know, she's putting in the time, helping, you know, him make decisions. Because, I mean, he is the diplomat, but no diplomat knows everything. No diplomat knows, like, all the situations. And, and they use that aspect a little bit like she's helping him pronounce, you know, Uchim Chifor, you know, and stuff like that. But I, I guess I would have liked to see that even more so. I think that could have been an angle they could have taken uh, for her character. Yeah, I think the thing that, and this just seems to me like, I don't know Marina, obviously, but like what seems to me with the Troy character is that she just became more like Marina 
by the end of it. And like, that was perfect. You should have been doing that for the beginning. Like, like I love in first contact. I don't know if it's really there in generations, but like in first contact, I know she's drunk, but she has a, a very, you know, pronounced British accent in first contact. And I'm like, you could have been doing that from the beginning. And it's, she sounded fine. Like her hair looked normal, which I'm sure is how Marina Ward in real life, you know, kind of the, the brown highlights or whatever, you know, and like that could have had that at the beginning. She looked, you know, great and fine. And if you're going for sexy, that still looks sexy. You know, I just feel like at the end of like, oh, we're just going to let her be Marina. I'm like, you should have done that the whole time. I mean, because, you know, she's funny and serious and all that stuff at the same time. But yeah, I mean, I thought I think we all sort of uh, don't blame the actor or, um, for anything she did, but we definitely think more could have been done. So, but again, I, I think she definitely has some great moments. It's been fun talking about Counselor Deanna Troy today, but this is just one of the many Trek topics we've been talking about here on Trek.fm this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit, and celebrate his life and celebrate his work and his talent and his integrity and and if you get a tear in the eye that's okay that's that's he would approve spock would approve and um you know he'd say you humans why do you feel you need to do this but but he would approve earl gray like i'm expecting ricardo martavon to like walk around the corner and be like captain picard welcome this is rise of five the shuttlecraft the shuttlecraft the orb Usually you want to be able to capture it or isolate one, but you, you can't do that either because it just keeps, you know, so it really does seem like a conundrum of, okay, how do we take this down? You know, this minefield, they are the triples of war. To the journey! One guy's like, why don't we just write better stories for Wesley? And then the lead writer's like, you out now! <laughs> the ready room. Riker's all pissed because he can't prop his leg up with no gravity. <laughs> he tries though. He tries. He's trying. I can I can picture it. He's but got then the just, momentum makes him somersault. Which really just makes him yeah, look he's, spread he's eagle. Going in circles. He's spinning. <laughs> Commentary, Trek Stars. It's also the end of a character and a thing that is really about how uh, death is just a part of life. And that while there's an end, it doesn't mean that it's the end. Literary Treks. Well, actually, it started out life as a comic book pitch. I originally came up with it to pitch to Wildstorm back when they uh, had the comics license. The idea was it would be a one-year series that would run throughout the 12 calendar months of 2001, which was the 35th anniversary of Star Trek. The 602 Club. Sometimes that just works better because you can create and craft a, a story that's very compelling because you're not having to worry about what's happened other places. Okay, we have to make sure this is going to connect to this and... My guess is somehow Agent Carter is going to have something to do with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. later on and maybe something that happens in Age Voltron. Warp 5. In the history of Axanar, Alec Peters and Christian Gossett wrote a section of the history dealing with the Arcanus campaign. And in the Arcanus campaign, a majority of Starfleet ships were destroyed. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So you can check out all these shows and get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Basically, you can find them anywhere. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. And if you would like to contact us to share your thoughts on today's show, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose send to show and, of course, select Earl Grey. These messages will be emailed to the three of us personally. 
Finally, in social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm and on Twitter under username trekfm. Our new listener discussion group is called The Babel Conference, found by typing The Babel Conference, of course, into the Facebook search field, so you can find us there. Please support our sponsor, Audible.com, who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books, like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and all of Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting www.patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all of our great content. So please become a Trek FM patron and visit www.patreon.com slash trekfm today. All right, Daniel, if uh, people want to talk to you about your uh, romance of the week, like Deanna Troy encounters each and every season, um, where can they reach you on the Internet? Uh, well, they can find me on Twitter, and my handle is 1updan. That's the number one, not the word. All right, and uh, Mr. Maureen, if they want to reach you on the Internet, where can they find you? Uh, that's Mr. Bell to you. And uh, yes, they can find me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-E-I-F-I. And if folks want to hear what I'm feeling, they can reach me on Twitter as well. And my handle is at NC Public Servant. That's NC like North Carolina. All right, guys, it's been fun um, talking about this tonight. But I, I think it's actually time for my fifth wardrobe change tonight. So I'm going to have to go... Uh, uh, change my hair and, um, you know, uh, basically get poured into this next outfit. Um, so I'll see you all next week. Make it so. Engage. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Fire. Fire.